how do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions, and this show is the answer. Welcome, everybody, to the Scale Up Show. This is your host, Ryan Staley, and I have a very special guest with me today. I have Amuj Kumar, who is the co-founder and CEO of Fortanix and pioneer in confidential computing. This man's got over 50 patents. He does a lot in multi-cloud security company that protects data and using secure enclaves. They have more than 100 Fortune customers, which is absolutely amazing, including the Gardner Cool Venture and multiple height cycles. Welcome to the show, Ambuj. Really happy to have you on. Thank you, Ryan. Really excited uh, to be here. Yeah, yeah. We're. I mean, we're just talking before, I'm really excited to dig into a bunch of different areas that that you're working on. So let's do the quick revenue rundown real real uh, fast, just to give everyone an understanding of where you're at in the journey. So can you just highlight where you're at in terms of your ARR? Yeah, we are uh, eight digits of uh, um, ARR. Okay, eight figures ARR. Okay, perfect. Yeah. What's your go to market strategy? Yeah, we sell to uh, enterprises. So uh, our ideal customer profile is somebody with uh, more than thousand employees. Uh, we have now 100 plus uh, Fortune uh, customers, but we have several, you know, small startups to companies with 200, 300 employees. Uh, so we sell direct, we sell through channel, we sell through VAR. So traditional, uh, you know, B2B sales motion. Is it, would you say it's more like marketing-led growth, sales-led growth, product-led growth? What would you, if you had to pick one of those or partner-led growth, those are kind of the, the key four. What would you what would you bucket it in? Yeah, it's a definitely sales-led growth. Um, I'll, I'll submit though that our net dollar retention is um, super super high. So so once we sell to some customers, um, they find new ways of using it. Um, you know, and um, our ARR, uh, our starting ARR is probably a hundred thousand uh, um, dollars a year, right? Um, but nice. it, it 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 continues to go up. So. Definitely, there is some element of product-led growth, but we are not anywhere close to being like, you know, Atlassian where, you know, without talking to a salesperson or marketing person, your credit card is there and you enable a new feature, another feature, and, 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 and you know, your bills keep going up. We are, we don't yeah, they're just sucking in the matrix, right? Of, yeah. Of, uh, <laughs> okay. And then how large is your team? Uh, we have about 200 employees. Okay, perfect. Uh, and can you describe your solution in simple terms, just about like what it does, what what's the outcomes it creates, things along those lines? Yeah, so uh, Fortanix is data first multi-cloud security company. Uh, we provide a product that allows enterprises to keep their data secure. So their data might be in databases, um, S3 bucket, um, you know, Snowflake, uh, you know, public cloud, private cloud, SaaS cloud, um, SAP systems. Uh, we provide them a centralized platform to encrypt, tokenize, um, you know, secure all that data. And uh, we do that with a technology called confidential computing. Uh, that is a technology we pioneered. Um, and what it allows um, uh, to happen is that even if root passwords are compromised, somebody has physical access to your machine. Um, everything goes bad. Even in that case, you will have full and complete control over your data. Oh, wow. Okay. 
So it's cloud security. Is a cloud security app security? Yeah. Pretty much everything, like all inclusive, like an ERP for an ERP security layer for across everything in your organization. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. That's just my uh, non-super technical <laughs> interpretation of it, right? So, yeah. um, okay, are you are you VC or bootstrap backed, or what's what's kind of your funding situation? Yeah, we have um, um, taken investment uh, in investors' money. So we are uh, we have Silicon Valley based investors, um, including Foundation Capital, New Tribe Ventures. Uh, we have also taken money from uh, Intel Capital, uh, which you know, of course, is associated with Intel. Uh, but also taken some money from um, InQtel, which is CIA's investment arm. So oh. being a security company, uh, we have gotten our fair uh, share of uh, attention. So the, I didn't even know the CIA had an investment arm. So it's the CIA's investment arm is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. That's wild. Yeah, actually, um, one of the clients I work with, their company's name is uh, Dragon Spears off of the Air Force military aircraft. And there's... They're starting to work with government. So that's that's interesting. <clears throat> okay, so walk us through how you got to this point, right? You're, you're thriving. You got 200 clients, or I'm sorry, 200 employees now. You have some large clients, some startups. You have 50 patents. Like, <laughs> how did you get to this point? What was the journey and what did it look like? Yeah, good, good question. You know, lots of things to unpack there. So look, I mean, there is the one thing I'll uh, put as a caveat that there is not one path to success. So there are multiple avenues, look very, very different. If you are a founder, CRO, CEO, listening to this podcast, that's one thing I will urge that while you should listen and hear about everybody else, you need to find your own path because the journey is going to be very difficult. Uh, you will have moments of doubt, uh, um, all kinds of difficulty. Uh, so you need to persist through. Uh, for me, um, um, one thing is that uh, that is super critical for me is to ensure that I'm working on a problem of highest order effect. So I wanted to, you know, um, do something where, you know, you make some dent in universe, as they say. And, and, and for us, that mission is to solving cloud security and privacy challenges. And with all the hacks happening, um, you know, even in uh, today's, uh, you know, Russia-Ukraine war, um, cyber criminals trying to do various nefarious things. Um, you know, people feeling that they are never secure on um, um, internet. Um, so those are things that motivated me to, to to build my company. That's what guides me day in day out. So so that is uh, um, so having a mission, something that holds you together when things don't go right, is important. Um, so we started the company in 2016. Um, it's a slightly technical product, so we took a while to build it. Started to sell in 2019. That's when we got our first customer. And now we have, as I said, you know, um, hundreds of them um, spread all over the world. That's, I mean, that's fantastic. So how did you get your first customer then? I mean, like, it sounds like you were developing for three years. We went from two, 2016 to 2019. You know, what did you do to get that first customer? Yeah, so I'm, um, you know, guided by originality. Um, so I really believe that my product was superior to anything else out there. And, uh, you know, if that's not the case, then I wanted to find out that, hey, if that's not the case, I will change my path and I'll create something that is original and highly differentiated. So um, 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 in uh, 2019, early, uh, I started to send out, you know, email blasts to everybody who would listen to me. 
And, uh, you know, one of those emails reached out to a CISO, um, you know, chief uh, uh, information security officer of a uh, Fortune 500 companies. And, uh, you know, it just so happened that she was about to retire. And, you know, probably this is one of the last things she did. But uh, she looked at our pitch and said that, hey, you know, maybe this is, uh, you know, there is some promise here. And she forwarded it to her people. Uh, they contacted us and, you know, boom, 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 one thing to another. Next thing we know that we have a Fortune 500 company as our very first customer through, nice. a, through a cold email that I sent. That's awesome. Love that. So if, if you're listening, you're trying to create revenue, you, you can get the big customers if you have no customers. Uh, okay. So then how did you grow from 2019 to present and, and get to eight figures from that? Because I think that's an amazing task. Uh, to to grow that fast, and then it sounds like you get a lot of back end revenue. So we'd love to hear how you made that a reality. Yeah, so um, you know, like um, again, um, early on, I was leading the sales. You know, I was uh, sales rep, sales engineer, VP sales, CRO, all those things. You know, marketing. Uh, um, so, uh, but we hired some um, really dedicated, passionate people. So they started to do some of these things, and they started to do it better than me. So pretty soon we found that there were like three, four people in the company who were doing marketing, sales, outreach, BDR all together. So I think one of the things now looking back uh, that was interesting for us was that three, four people that we had on business side, they were doing mm-hmm. everything. They were doing you know emails, cold emails. They were doing phone calls. They were writing solution guides. They were building data sheets, PowerPoint presentation, call script, pricing. Um, marketing, LinkedIn, social media, everything. So there was no excuse or no distributed ownership. You know, you own it from beginning to end. So, you know, um, and in that, like early first 10, 20 customers, especially in B2B, when you are selling, you know, these uh, uh, six figures uh, deals, um, you are just doing a whole bunch of product discovery, market discovery, pricing, things like that. So you need to have lots of flexibility and you need some people who, who can make those decisions, right? So you cannot come out with a price book. You cannot come with a you know um, battle card because those things are very much in flux. So from one to ten, I will say we went through you know having three four people and lots of you know like being in one room, um, you know, um, and um, like in general <laughs> and making progress. Um, and then uh, from ten to fifty, I will say it is uh, trying to. Uh, recruit people who who can replicate your magic um so you know like by by then you have some kind of uh, playbook right you know that when i reach out to uh, uh, customers in banking uh, vertical versus in manufacturing uh, they behave differently or uh, maybe the time for us uh, to uh, to reach out to a customer is when they are you know, uh, figuring out their cloud journey or, you know, when they acquire a new business or maybe when they got breached or maybe there is a new regulation. So you have to figure out some of the pain points and, um, you know, and and uh, 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 behave accordingly, right? As they say, um, why, you know, what what is the problem you are trying to mitigate for your customers? You know, why are you qualified to do that? And why is now the right time for this? Mm-hmm. So with 10, 20 customers, you can 
start to put a very rough sketch of those things that, hey, for us, for example, I will say that, you know, um, you have a data security problem. You know, you are feeling that, um, you know, you don't know where your data is or, you know, um, you might have a breach or you are using a cloud and you are worried that the cloud provider might, might get some kind of, you know, a subpoena and they might share your data. Um, or you have SRAMS2 regulations or GDPR and things like that. So that is the first column, right? That what is the pain point you mitigate? And then, you know, like why for Danix? An example for us would be that, you know, um, uh, we are SaaS, easy to use, modern uh, uh, company. And why now is that, hey, if you are going to implement something, better do it now before you get breached or you have your internal team spending so much money trying to you know, keep up with it. If you take our solution, your TCO goes down. So I'm sharing this as an example, but for your company, you should figure out the same um, thing, build a hypothesis, and you are continuously going to check out in the market whether the hypothesis about pain points and why you are unique or not, is this you know, just you uh, thinking or is it uh, based in reality? And there is no way of doing that other than uh, validating with market. But once you have that playbook, then you can hire people uh, who have shown um, you know, success in past in similar companies at similar stage. Uh, so, 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 you know, going from 10 to 50 is mostly a matter of hiring 5, 10, um, you know, strong salespeople, enabling them, um, you know, um, and transferring all the skills that you learn um, to, to, to them. And you're saying 5 to 10, or um, sorry, 10 to 50. You're talking 10 to 50 customers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and just, just for you, the listener, to remember, he's talking 100K plus average initial deal sizes, right? So 100K ARR. So uh, enterprise sales motion there. And then on top of it, there's a lot of growth within your accounts, correct? Yeah, yeah. So this is, you know, like you are, um, you know, this is certainly not $1,000, $10,000 ARR deals. These are, you know, $100,000 ARR deal. And the thing to realize in, in 10,000 versus 100,000 is that nobody makes uh, on this part decision to purchase $100,000 ARR product. But also, it's a very distributed decision making, right? So you know you have to appeal to uh, various uh, factions. You know, um, somebody w- would want uh, something that is easy to use. Somebody would, you know, um, want some features that you may not have. Um, you know, everybody else might love your product, but one person may not want to work with a company with you know less than hundred million uh, in in revenue because they might be worried that you you may go away tomorrow. Um, so figuring out all those, you know, uh, uh, I mean, finally keeping all those consumers happy is, is tough. Uh, but, and it takes, you know, three to six months easy, uh, for each deal to close. There's a long sell cycle, but that's how it's played, right? Um, uh, it's not, it's not, you know, like you, you go and spend lots of money on Facebook gets ads, send them emails, and then they can come and say that, Hey, you know, here's my credit card, uh, sign me up. <laughs> yeah. It's not like a direct to consumer approach. And, you know, one of the things that you hit on that I, I love is the why now, you know, like the beautiful thing is you got that breach component and breaches are happening all the time. I mean, like it seemed like for a while, every other day a breach was reported of like a major organization. So, you know, like walk me through that. How, how would you guys handle that and approach that of like, because 
I would say that's one of the single biggest challenges that I see companies have a hard time when I work with them is like the, the two biggest challenges I see in terms of their messaging and communication is what's the tangible outcome that their solution creates in terms of dollars and cents, but then also in terms of the tangible value metrics, right? So that's one. But the second one is they have a hard time saying like, why now? And if you're selling 100K plus deals, companies, I mean, their, their biggest fear is they're going to make a decision and it's the wrong decision and that person gets fired, right? Yeah. So, so how do you overcome that? Or what have you seen work really well on your journey to doing that? I love that you brought that up, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, um, um, you have to, uh, you have to uh, be open to reality and you have to, you know, um, accept that if you don't like what's out there, um, you know, whether you like it or not, it, it's, it's out there. If you know at least, then you can try to change it. And so to your uh, you know, question, um, yeah, the biggest thing is that if, I, if I'm an executive at a company and I sponsored a project with some smaller company and I'm one of their first hundred uh, customers, you know, certainly I'm, I'm a risk-taking individual and putting uh, lots of faith in, in you. And then, you know, your product doesn't work or you disappear. Um, you know, then I'm, uh, you know, uh, left holding the bag. Um, and the way you overcome that is that in spite of all the, you know, this uh, virtual world and, and video calls, uh, people buy from people. And, uh, you know, showing your passion, commitment, um, and, you know, like letting uh, you know, your customers know that you will take care of them, um, you know, um, is the only way of you know um, um, you know convincing them. So I'm very proud to say that like 100% of our customers are referenceable, right? It does wow. not mean that you know like they never had a problem. You know they had all kinds of problems, and you know it happens. Um, but how you react to those situations, you know how you take care of them, is what sets you apart. So um, our you know we when we and after like 10, 20 customers. Um, when we are selling to a you know, particular customer, we often find, uh, we say that, hey, these are customers in your vertical, in your area, tell me which one you would like to talk to. And people, you know, take um, advice of their peers much more seriously than from a vendor or somebody else mm -hmm. because, you know, they know each other, there's lots of empathy. Um, so they will say that, yeah, these are things we liked at Photonics, these are things we didn't like, but you know, this is, I mean, this is how we are circumventing it, or we give them this feedback, this is how they're improving. Um, and um, so, so that's how, you know, like you create that um, value metrics, right? It's not, it's not just shiny uh, PowerPoint, um, um, but, but you have to, you know, like be very, very clear on, you know, like what, like what benefit you are bringing to your customers. You have to believe is that it will be, it will be good for them. It will be good for you. And if it's, that's not the case, then you change your product and offering so that it is good for everybody. Okay, awesome. Hey, so quick question for that. Have you, and I love what you said, is that 100% of your customers are referenceable. I think that's amazing. And it's true. It's, it's not, is stuff bad going to happen? Because there's always, stuff's never going to be perfect, right? It's just how you react to it. And, and so like, do you, have you systemized customer to prospect? Do you, I mean, do you have, have you systemized a customer to prospect referral system? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, How have you done that? Um, so 
Uh, I mean, we have, uh, for example, customer advisory board, right? Mm -hmm. So there is a formal way of, you know, getting our uh, 10 customers of similar, like, you know, same space, you know, similar minded customers in the room. And they discover, they discuss all sorts of things, you know, like how are they working with Photonics? What are they, you know, doing to do, going to do in future? You know, they help each other, they help us. Um, and, and they, I mean, everybody wants to talk to their peer because it helps them, um, you know, even between our customers and prospects, we, uh, you know, sometimes customers want to, you know, talk to prospects because, the, the the prospect might be you know uh, um, a larger company right so they have a different scale um, so even on for Danix implementation our customers might be more knowledgeable but maybe our customer itself wants to move to cloud right like AWS and the prospect has bigger footprint in AWS so while the cust customer is you know um, uh, advising the the prospect on benefits of Fortanix. The prospect might, you know, uh, share a few uh, tip or, or two on, you know, uh, making sure that their cloud bills don't, uh, you know, go through the roofs. So, okay. Yeah. So it sounds like you really leverage that that customer advisory board, which I think is an awesome strategy and, and use that for referrals or I should say references, right? So like proof points, but then also to get them together. So um, a little different version of what I was thinking of, but that's that's great. In terms of that, uh, so quick question for you. This is what we talked about earlier in the episode, but like, why would the CIA and Intel invest in you guys? Yeah, so look, I mean, um, at, at very high level, right? As societies get more richer, we value our privacy more, and mm -hmm. and and the whole digital transformation means that more of your life is now digital. So, so, so you are well, you you. Proportionally, you value your digital life more, um, and uh, you know more of your life is getting digital, and and that's why you know like bad people are after your 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 digital life, you know um, data and privacy and things like that. So data security is of highest uh, you know um, order problem for everybody, and uh, um, um, our solution. Uh, it was really unique or is still unique that we say if we work, um, then um, even if your cloud gets compromised, even if your root password gets compromised, you have some insiders, people have access to your machine, they can bring any malware from Russia, you know, um, install it, they will not get your data. So this is such a high level of promise that was very unique and intriguing. Um, so um, Intel is one of our uh, uh, partners. Uh, we use some of their technology that developed in confidential computing, namely Intel SGX. Um, so it made sense for us to you know, take money from them and they help us in go to market. So Intel, as you know, um, uh, I mean, it's funny that you know, being in the Silicon Valley bubble, you feel that you know, uh, the whole world is here, but you move you know, like 200 miles uh, east of here, nobody has heard of, uh, you know, all the all the you know hot shots uh, of of the uh, of the of the valley, but Intel is a globally recognized brand, uh, so that's right. why I decided to take money from Intel, and that's been fantastic. And CIA has this uh, investment arm called Incutel, uh, which invests in um, you know uh, promising advanced uh, technology companies, and they help us get into break into U.S. government. So. Uh, not only you get some money from them, they guide you what features to add that will be relevant for national security and national you know, interest. 
And, and for us, promising some unique data security capability just made sense for us to work with them. Ah, love that. Okay, cool. So you, you basically had, you know, with Intel, you created a partnership. And then with the partnership, they decided to invest in you. So you got kind of a built-in buyer yeah. if, you want, if you ever want to sell right down the road. And then CIA, it sounds like you use that as an um, opportunity to help solve their problems or one of their biggest risks but then also leveraging that as a partnership to accelerate access to the government, correct? Yeah, yeah. And it's also synergetic to them, right? right? Because if you look at the US government, uh, we spend you know, tens of billions of dollars in, on security, you know, cybersecurity. And now question is, I mean, as everybody knows, you know, like governments are not known for you know, moving fast. And as a startup, you, know, you will run out of your money before you see a contract with them. So they, but at the same time, government wants to work with, you know, uh, uh, new ideas, new companies. So uh, how do they do that? And so InQtel really fills this, uh, you know, gap really well where, you know, they allow government to, you know, use newer technologies without going through full motion of, you know, years of scrutiny um, and, and paper and process. And for a small companies, right? Um, they can they can build products that make sense for everybody, including including you know uh, government. That's good. I like it. I see what you're doing, and I like it. <laughs> very very uh, very strategic, and and a lot of awesome byproducts of it. So now that you've hit eight figures, like what's your number one single biggest challenge in growing the company? Yeah, good question. So you know, like at um, you know our technology uh, people uh, and process. So once you are, you know, like dealing with like hundreds of customers, you know, I cannot remember their names. I cannot remember, you know, um, how much money they pay. I mean, I remember the top 10, but, you know, not beyond that. Who are your most performing salespeople, um, et cetera? It becomes very uh, difficult and it, you cannot just, um, you know, go by your memory or, you know, trusting a few people. So now at this stage, you want to have a process and a repeatable process. So by now, um, you know, you should have, uh, you know, a very clear metric of one kind, what kind of people you want to hire, right? You should, you should have some understanding that, you know, if you hire from, um, if you hire somebody who has previously sold a security product, this is how they do. If you hire somebody who has previously sold IT product, this is how they do. If you hire somebody fresh out of college, this is how they do, um, you know. And then you, you have some training material, a training program uh, where you are giving them all the education and information needed to succeed. Um, mm -hmm. You are holding them accountable, you know, uh, making sure that they do go through that process and, you know, you set them out in field. Um, but uh, the, the focus is not like a specific individual because you are dealing in large numbers, you are hiring 10 people, you hope that, you know, 80% of them are successful and things like that. Um, so, so the focus is solely on building a process, right, that works, process mm -hmm. that using which you can identify your customers at um, attractive, uh, you know, um, um, uh, uh, customer acquisition cost, CAC, um, you know, and once you find them, then you should have that, hey, you know, um, this, is, this, is, this is kind of message I sent early on, this is how I run my POC. You know, these are the questions we get asked. Uh, this is where we struggle a little bit. So maybe I should be proactive. And then in the end, um, you know, there's a whole uh, back end um, of, you know, 
paper and process trying to get large companies to, to, to purchase your product. So, you know, how do you solve that, optimize for it? But whatever that thing is, you know, from uh, day one of you finding a customer who might be interested in hearing your story to day end of when you receive their purchase order, you break down, break that down in various stages and try mm-hmm. to optimize for it. So, yeah. so the process is the thing that, you know, um, that you want to make better and, and, and better every day. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. And with bigger customers, there's a lot more to it, right? Like that's one of the things I had to build a go to market from scratch. And then we brought that to 30 million in like five years. So five and a half years, uh, ARR. So I get it. It's, it's tough. Cause then you start to move up market and then the bigger customers that you move up market continue to push you more or have higher expectations. And so the beautiful thing is that expands your product or solution offering. It can, as long as you're disciplined, right? You don't want to be all over the place, but expand like how you roll things out, the customer experience, all of that. So, um, okay, totally makes sense. So we're just about up on time. So I had a couple quick uh, founder fire questions and then we'll wrap things up. So what's your favorite book you've read over the past couple of years? You know, recently uh, I read this no uh, asshole rule. Um, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a great book and you know, uh, it simply says that, you know, life is short. You don't want to work with people you don't like. And I think, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Oh, yeah, I, I like that. It's good. It's a good rule to live by. Uh, okay, so then also, you know, I, I guess like, is there a founder or CEO that you look up to now that you try to emulate or you think they're doing an amazing job at? Yeah, I mean, uh, Frank Slootman of uh, Snowflake is definitely doing an amazing job. You know, he is a multiple time uh, CEO, not necessarily founder, but he knows how to scale companies is uh you know brutally honest with people he he just gets uh you know exec, uh, execution um you know um in at, at a higher pace um so given finite amount of resources if your goal is to maximize the output i think frank Slutman is probably one of the best CEOs of our time yeah that's i mean it's it's really interesting because obviously snowflake's done amazing things but i think you're the first guest i've had that's actually mentioned him you know most of the time people mention like branson They'll mention Elon Musk. They'll mention Steve Jobs, even though he's not alive anymore. You know what I mean? So um, that's a great call. That's a great call. So uh, last but not least, you know, knowing what you know now, right? What would you tell yourself when you started the company in 2016, knowing everything that you know now? Um, I'll say that, you know, um, go, go easy, meaning that, you know, don't, don't work, you know, fewer hours or, or things like that, but go easy, meaning that, don't don't take uh, it so seriously don't don't stress you know things will um, work out um you know at any given time you don't know what will come next and you are doing everything that you know you can to make things better uh but uh you know um building a startup is hard and uh you know um uh, so yeah well you know f- founders somebody brought this up to me earlier say they're like founders really have like a a sickness where they'll work 80 hours for themselves. So they don't have to work for 40 hours for someone else. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Where can people find you? Where can they find out more about Fortanix and like what you're doing to provide cloud security? Yeah. I mean, come to our website, uh, www.fortanix.com. Um, I'm on Twitter, I'm zero or LinkedIn. Um, yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks for being on. It was a pleasure hearing your story and how you got here. 
Yeah, thank you. Really enjoyed. Bye. Thank you for checking out the Scale Up Show. My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering in revenue growth so they can flip it and create a life of their own design. So if you enjoyed this show, please like, review, share it on social, and more importantly, just share it with a friend. Share it with someone that you think could learn and benefit from what you heard on today. But the more we get the message out, the more people we could help, the bigger the impact we make, and the bigger the community gets, which helps everybody. So once again, thank you for being a loyal listener. I appreciate you and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.